Hello and welcome back to the podcast and thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on all of my social media accounts on Instagram at Bloodborne1, Facebook.com slash Bloodborne1, on Twitter at Bloodborne, YouTube.com slash Bloodborne, and most importantly on Twitch at Twitch.tv slash Bloodborne. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Bloodborne, and uh, we got some update 24 stuff to talk about. And so if you've been kind of paying attention on, on YouTube, we've got a couple of videos up there uh, kind of going over some of the, the new stuff and things. Um, I, there's this little thing that, I don't know, was supposed to be coming out, the 64-bit client. Yeah, we got to test it. Uh, and we got some stuff to talk about in regards to that. Uh, talk a little bit about the virtue system update that is planned and forthcoming. And then also we'll talk a little bit, um, about something else that, that is coming down the line and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can get into here. But first and foremost, let's talk 64 bit. What does that mean? What is that going to do? Should I care? Do I care? And the answer to all those is yes, you should care. It's going to help out a little bit. And we got to test it out on Bull Roar last week. It was pretty good. Um, there were a couple places that uh, immediately I wanted to test out, knowing full well that there are uh, some problematic areas in the game, such as Minas Tirith, uh, a lot of Gondor. Um, things like when you will... Um, take a stable or specifically a swift travel from Bree to Gondor and those type of places. A lot of the places that have newer art assets and things like that typically tend to be a little rougher when uh, loading and unloading, uh, loading and unloading resources. Now I was actually pleasantly surprised uh, I, I, if you guys pay attention to the podcast and, and Twitter and, and the stream and all that stuff, you'll know I've talked about the 64-bit client and it not being a silver bullet that's going to fix everybody's problems with the game. There's still engine limitations to the game and there are still, um, I will say, decisions that you know a lot of players may not agree with, myself included. But... When it comes down to it, this is a uh, an update that is actually going to be good for a lot of people. The, the two main areas where this update is going to be beneficial to players is players that have uh, higher-end graphic, graphics cards and uh, larger quantities of, of system memory or RAM. Um... Myself, my gaming machine only has 16 gigs of RAM. It's not nothing crazy. I'm not like 32 gigs, 64 gigs, and, and on up. 
um mainly because i do two um two computers to stream anyway so um i i don't typically need much more than that and that's fine uh i read some comments on reddit and on twitter about the game client not using more than three gigs of ram on the boror test much okay there's nothing wrong with that um part of this update again is uh a little bit more optimization there's new libraries that are being used and have replaced older ones and libraries can be things of you know how a particular um system within the game calls upon a resource uh within your dat files or uh i mean any number of things if you actually open up the the program and look at the files there's a lot of uh library files and some of those had to be replaced some of them have to be updated uh and some of them uh are you know not going to be compatible going forward so they had to find replacements for those and that's what takes so long to do something like this now down to the meat and potatoes of it what was the experience like well one thing you can you can see it i do have uh like i said i do have the video over on the youtube channel if you want to check that out um but like I said, I was, pre I was very pleasantly surprised at it. I was able to, uh, again, I immediately went to Minas Tirith and all the NPCs loaded immediately. Uh, there, there weren't any uh, phasing, kind of where you see like an NPC that you know it's supposed to be right there and then it kind of like fades in. Didn't see any of that. Now, higher up in the city from the ground, yeah, we still had to load in all those art assets, and that's okay. I mean, uh, Minas Tirith was talked about for a long time as really kind of pushing the technical limitations of the turbine engine. I mean, you got to think, uh, the turbine engine is, is very old at this, at this stage of the game. So, uh, Minas Tirith, I knew, was really going to push the limitations of that. Uh, but again, I was surprised when I, I loaded into Minas Tirith and I was able to move around. Uh, and I was really excited that I was able to ride around the Warsteed with no real issues with it. Um, there, there was a little bit of rubber banding, but I noticed that there were art assets uh, higher up in the city that were still loading. And again, Minas Tirith is huge. You guys know this. Um, one of the big tests I did is I actually took a stable from Bree or from Minas Tirith back to Bree and back and forth a few times. And traditionally, on the old, on the 32-bit client, that would crash almost 100% of the time. Did not crash at all for me. There was also a, a fairly large memory leak that would happen, and that's usually where your crash would come in. In this case, uh, the client, I looked at it in Task Manager. It was only using 3 gigs of RAM. Great. Um, what I mentioned a little bit ago about it being okay that it's only using three gigs of RAM, but I have 16 gigs of RAM. Why is it not using more RAM? If it doesn't need to use that, that's fine. It just has the ability to. And um, there's some optimization that happens here. And, and one of the things, again, it, it's kind of important that it, we're getting better utilization of our graphics cards. So if you have a higher end graphics card, myself, I have a 1080 Ti in the machine. And the frame rates were much smoother. Now, in some areas, you're still going to get some of that spiky behavior. Uh, but 
I think some of that again is an engine limitation and I don't know that that's ever going to get fixed. I don't know if you can fix that on the old engine without just replacing it. And at that point, you're just looking, you're looking for a new game at that point. And I get, and that's, I just don't think that's going to be something that's in the cards. But nonetheless, I was, I was surprised with it. It felt pretty good. Um, zoned into some dungeons. Uh, some of the other places that we, we went to, I zoned into Throne of the Dread Terror, which again was, uh, it's, since it's out in the Pelennor fields, a, a variant of the Pelennor field, we kind of figured that was going to be a little rough loading in, but it was not. Um, loaded right in. I was able to walk up to Rakathas with no problems. Uh, loaded it. And keep in mind, too, uh, I'm running uh, a little backstory on, on the setup here. So like I said, we're running a 2080 Ti, but more importantly, uh, this system is running on DX11, ultra high settings. I have things like anti-aliasing turned all the way up. I have anastropic field filtering turned all the way up. Uh, every setting that can be turned up, I do have turned up with the exception of things like bloom and whatnot, like things that are personal preference, not necessarily going to make or break performance. Um, so I have that then, um, I play in 1440p. So resolution running at 2560 by 1440 at 144 Hertz. I have two of those displays hooked up to this machine. So it's already kind of taxing the GPU a little bit more than it say if you were running one 1080p display. So keep that in mind too. Uh, and again, I really wasn't having any performance issues with the 64-bit client. Now, the one thing I will say is I didn't really get to test the client with um, any locations that really had a sizable population. Again, not a whole lot of folks test on Bullroar. And that could be somewhat of a detriment to something like this because um, it, it may look great. But if it's a situation where when you start getting, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 people in and the dynamic layering starts layer, uh, layering in, uh, this is not something I got to see. So I don't know exactly how the client was handling that. Um, so th there's going to be tweaks that are going to be made um, to the client based on feedback and whatnot. So uh, the, the client is, or the bull roar test is offline right now. So um, not sure necessarily when we're going to see another one. But if you're listening to this and you do have the, the ability to hop in and do a test uh, ever, I'd encourage you to do so, especially if it's a technical test. Not necessarily if you're, if you're wanting to avoid spoilers for, you know, potential story or dungeons or anything like that. By all means, don't don't do that then if you don't want the spoilers. But if is if if it's a technical test where it's just like, hey, test the engine, test the the client, go to the high population areas, stuff like that, please do. Because the the more information they get on something like that now during development, the better. You guys know it's it's much more challenging for them to go back and do work once it's on live. So more feedback now is better. So we'll just, we'll just say that. Um, so that's all I really say with 64 bit. Uh, again, I only got to test it for like a day or two. So not a, not a ton of time and not a huge amount of 
tests that I was able to do. I just wanted to hit the, what I would know were the pain points, um, that where I would, tra uh, traditionally crash and have the memory leak and just have overall poor performance. And in those circumstances, in those tests, uh, we did have a good result. Number two, um, comes from Bulwar as well. Number two is that we also get a update to the instance finder. Now, this is something that I, I, again, will encourage everybody to use because I think this is going to be a very valuable tool going forward. So the specific portion of the instance finder will remain the same. The other two, the simple and advanced are going to go away. This new part is really cool. And again, if you want to check this out again, I do have a video up on YouTube you and check it out there. But for those of you who don't check those out, kind of go over it. The big deal with this is that you can much like the group finder or I'm sorry, the, the quest finder, like the, uh, the social panel version of it, the group finder, uh, you can actually as an individual, uh, search for up to five instances and raids or whatever. The panel itself will show a hundred results. So, uh, this should alleviate some of the looking for fellowship channel, you know, people doing LFF, uh, world chat, stuff like that, looking for groups. This is something that if people use it will be invaluable and you can queue up a bunch of people that are interested in it. So instead of trying to manage tells and all that stuff, you just can sort through it and, and look, there'll be an icon that represents that player that is asked to join your group and you can right click on it and you can say, you know, send tell, you can inspect them from there. Uh, and you, so you can see all the classes that you could possibly use in your makeup. And that's great. I like that. Uh, the other good thing about this is that you can do what's called toggle mark and toggle mark means that you can put a check mark on them. So that if you've got, say you're trying to put together a raid, right? And you got a lot of people that are trying to get in there, you can mark them. So if you're trying to balance it out and you're saying like, well, if, you know, if I don't get another tank, we're in, I'll take this guy. And so you don't necessarily invite them to the group yet. Uh, there's some things you can do with that, but you can mark people that you necessarily want to bring. So that's pretty cool. Um, there were two minor things that I didn't like. And I think, I think they're just bugs. But one is that when you zone into the dungeon, when it's, when you get a full group and you zone in, it doesn't remove that from the instance finder, like list. Um, and also when you complete that dungeon, it does not remove it from the list. And I, I think that would be something that would be kind of necessary. But like I said, that might be a bug and it might just need further development on it. As it stands, I think it's still a great addition to the way we play and the way we operate. Um, like I said, it should clean up chat a little bit more. Uh, it's a, it's a lot more efficient. And then as a person that, you know, is looking like randomly logs on and they just want to see what dungeons are being run right now, uh, they can just look at the list and see what's available from people. And I think, like I said, I think that's going to be a great addition to how we do this going forward. So I uh, hopefully that will come out with U24 as well. Now, last part we're going to talk about here before we hang things up is the updates to the virtue system. 
Now, this has actually been said by the development team that this is not, uh, wasn't necessarily ready to come out, but there were assets um, that, like art assets essentially, and some of the under the hood stuff that made it into the build because they are developing it right now. And so what we did see, um, I would say it's kind of a double-edged sword right now. The double-edged sword, and I mean that it's nice that you can actually select what virtue you want to work on. And I should say that this is only going to work for um, currently as it, as it stood on that build is the only things that are going to contribute to virtue XP are going to be deeds found in the veils of Anduin and newer prior things are going to stay exactly as they were. So if a prior deed offered say one rank of valor, it will still give you that one rank of valor going forward. If a, uh, a deed may give you, this is a totally arbitrary number. There were no number values associated to anything in the beta, but say it gives you 500 virtue XP. You can apply that to you select and say that you are earning XP for said virtue. So if I wanted to work on loyalty and I went and completed 10 random deeds from the veils of Anduin, all that XP from those is going to go into that one that I chose that I'm earning. Um, so I, I do like that. Um, the thing I'm a little worried about is that I think that this should be retroactive. This should just roll all the way down to the very beginning deeds. That way, I think it'll be much easier to grind out the virtues that you need for stuff, especially if you're rolling an alt. You guys know how stressful that, well, not stressful, how cumbersome and tedious that can feel, uh, especially knowing that you have to deal with legendaries later on and ranking up virtues to 20 and things like that. It would be great if you knew that I'm going to play a tank and I need my uh, mitigations up there. So I'm going to work on those tactical ones like tolerance and honor and stuff like that and innocence. I'm going to grab those and I'm going to work on those first and get them knocked out. So even level six, seven, when you get out of the intro area and you select, you know, which one, and you don't have to find the first one to open that deed up, you literally just click on tolerance and then you're going to start working on tolerance. Um, I think it, it looks good so far. It, it's a lot confusing. <laughs> so I really hope there is a, a dev diary on it just for uh, helping a lot of players out understand what it means. Um, also with that particular build, what I did see is that um, the virtue builds, there are builds that are tied to your uh, class trait builds. So on my champion, for example, on my red line, I might use a more, um, DPS centric build that I can kind of link those two together. But in my blue line, I'm going to go mitigation and everything like that. So rather than having to go in and switch my virtues or my class traits and then going in and switching my virtues, I would literally just switch the class 
trait set and it would do both together because they'd be linked which is i think that's kind of a cool feature i don't know if that's the intent if that uh, panel was filled out completely or not but um if it stands and that's how it is i think it'll be pretty cool so um i think that's most of the stuff that i what we got out of the build for u24 on preview one like i said uh it's a build one. So, you know, for a build one, I think the stuff that we got to see was pretty cool and worked pretty well. Um, we don't know what further iterations are going to be made. So make sure if you are interested in the progression of that, make sure that you're hitting up the forums and checking out the dev tracker and seeing what is changing. Like I said, if you do have the ability to hop on bull roar, it is a separate client download. Uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, and again, we do have those videos over on YouTube. So if you want to check it out and still voice your opinion, make sure you hit that up. This is youtube.com slash bloodborne. Hit it up. Check them out. They're clearly marked as U24 beta. Um, I always like to, to see and respond to the, as many of the comments as I can. Uh, but then also make sure you're hitting up the stream and we can talk about it there too. And uh, like I said, I always love to do that stuff. As a side note, we are getting into uh, May now. It is uh, May 6th as of this recording and we do have still a month to go on these giveaways so uh each stream we're giving away 1550 lotro points during the stream uh and as it stands uh we've been getting some extra uh codes and we've been able to give away things like vip uh for six or uh, for 60 days uh, and we've been able to give away additional 1550 Lotro point codes. Uh, we've given away a Mordor expansion. Uh, we've done that stuff if the channel hits hundred viewers and we've done that kind of towards the middle of the stream. So just some extra incentive out there for you guys. Uh, the channel currency has been reset as of May 1st, uh, and that's going to go towards you guys earning currency in the channel for uh, end of the month giveaways. So you can buy tickets into the bigger giveaway. Uh, last month in April, we ended up giving away a Corsair K70 keyboard. Uh, and Captain Obvious loves it. He can't stop talking about it, which is awesome. I love that we can hook people up like that. So um, on that note, that's going to do it for this uh, episode. Like I said, I know it's been a while since we've done an episode, but it had been pretty quiet in, in the gaming side of things until uh, we saw update 24. So since we're in full uh, beta swing at the moment, a moment, uh, we'll probably have some more frequent episodes during that time. And then once it releases, obviously we'll have some more stuff to talk about. So on that note, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Guys, make sure you're hitting up all the social media stuff on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and YouTube. And then uh, don't forget the schedule for the stream is Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. And I hope to see you all there. Take care. Till next time.